just, you want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, ooh. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Hey everyone, welcome to Hawkeyes, where we dissect and dive into the uh, filmography of Academy Award. Has it, does he have any Academy Awards? No. <laughs> he doesn't? He does not. Academy Award deserving... He might have been nominated. Actor. I'd have to check. Ethan Hawke. That's something we should definitely know. You should probably as, know that, yeah. Uh, Soon-to-be soon preeminent to be. experts in the field, in the of, field Hawk. of Hawk. yeah. Well, um, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Harper. And uh, yeah, so the way this works is we're just going to do chronological, sequential timeline of Ethan Hawke's movies, Mm -hmm. starting with his very first film, 1985's Explorers. Yes, Explorers is... The synopsis on IMDb reads... A boy obsessed with 50s sci-fi movies about aliens has a recurring dream about a blueprint of some kind which he draws for his inventor friend. With the help of a third kid, they follow it and build themselves a spaceship. Now what? That's that's on the nose. It is. I will say there's something about with the help of a third kid that sounds dismissive dismissive yeah yeah just because he didn't have as successful as a career as river phoenix and ethan hawk yeah that he just gets called the third the kid. third kid it's pretty pretty messed up yeah so should we should we talk about first like just what this podcast is like what we're trying to like first off like how we decide how we settle on this podcast oh. who we are yeah let's do that yeah so um I guess I, the reason we started this podcast, this is my recollection of the story. Mm-hmm. Your recollection is always different. We always have two two sides of the story. Uh-huh. It's a very Rashomon slash the affair type situation in mm-hmm. any conversation we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true. No, we usually agree on things. But there's some, some diversions, some disagreements. But anyway, I was watching a video from GQ, Gentleman's Quarterly, as they were once known, mm-hmm. uh, in which Ethan Hawke was breaking down his most famous roles and uh as he was talking about them i was like oh i realize i like a lot of his movies and i was like i've seen a bunch of them not a bunch i've seen quite a few of them and i like a lot of them the ones Mm -hmm. that i've seen and i think he's a good actor and then you said to me let's make a podcast about it yeah that sounds about right yeah i think that's. i have no disagreements here okay great yeah so we agree on how this podcast got started yeah, um, quick update, uh, he has been nominated for four Academy Awards and a Tony Award. And won none of them? And won none of them. Robbed. Well, he still has time. Yeah, that's true. He's going to act forever. He will act forever, that's true. Yeah, and this podcast will go on forever. Yeah. Which is great. It is great. So, our our qualifications to talk about Ethan Hawke movies... Mm-hmm. Are clearly that um, I've seen a few of them. 
and mm-hmm. that you are a film major. Yes, I have a degree in film and digital media from UC Santa Cruz. Go banana, Go banana slugs. slugs. And I've watched a number of movies in my day, and I think right now I've seen, including Explorers, which we're going to talk about today, right. I think I've seen 17 Ethan Hawke movies now. And I think I've seen about 10 or nine, how many? Nine, nine, think, nine or so? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So nine I've or seen, ten. seen fewer. I mean, it's not a contest. Yeah. I mean, if it were a if contest, it were, I you, would win. You're the film major. That's, that's uh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, some quick, quick facts, mm-hmm. fast facts, quick maths, oh, yes. about this film. Mm-hmm. It was made on a 20, 1985, is when this movie came out, mm-hmm. directed by Joe Dante. Mm-hmm. It was made on a 20 to $25 million budget, according to Wikipedia. Brought in about $9.9 million. So, not quite Yikes. Uh, that big of a success. Written by Eric Luke. Uh, Joe Dante's previous film was called Gremlins, which I mm-hmm. believe has something of a cult following. Uh, River Phoenix and Ethan Hawke make their debut in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke is about 15 years old at the time, or 14 years he was old. He 14. 14. I believe River Phoenix was also 14. Okay. And what about the third kid? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know about this third kid. Yeah, it's probably on Wikipedia page. Good facts. Good facts. Those good are my good facts. So, let's talk about the major characters in this movie. Yes. Uh, the main character is played by Ethan Hawke himself, uh, Ben Crandall. Yes. And he is a nerdy kid who dreams of being an astronaut. hmm And he has sci-fi movies playing in his room all the time. Yeah. And he has these weird dreams where he sees... It's like a computer... A uh, to me, it oh, looks like a computer sort of switchboard thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it like looks a, computery for sure. Yes, definitely computery. Well, really, it looks like Tron Yeah. to me. That's true. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So he has these weird dreams, and he shares the images in his dreams with his best friend Wolfgang, played by River Phoenix. Yes. And somehow... Oh, and Wolfgang is... A genius scientist right. who's constantly doing experiments in his basement laboratory. And somehow the images from Ethan Hawke's dreams translate into some science that uh, Wolfgang can actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is not very deeply explained. That's just, they punch in some numbers. It's like coordinates or something. And then suddenly... They have a um, bubble. Yeah, I Magic really bubble. don't understand. Yeah, I don't think it matters. But we have to talk about how we meet the third kid. Yes, the third Henceforth kid. Henceforth, third kid. That's third all kid. he's... What, who's a player? Who's third, a player? Okay. We'll give him, give him some due diligence. What's his name and what's his character? Okay, so the character's name is Darren Woods. Darren Woods. And he is played by Jason Presson. And he did not really act too much... But beyond his child actor years. I think after Explorers, there were a few things here and there. Um, but I think when he became an adult, he stopped acting. Mm-hmm. No more credits. No more credits. Um, and so he saves Ethan Hawke. From a mean from bully. From a mean bully named Jackson or something. Something like that. So he makes a reference to Elephantitis. Mm-hmm. Very brilliant. Um, and then that's when we first see him looking at the girl... 
Yes, Lori. Lori. Lori Swenson. Yes. Uh, she's played by Amanda Peterson, um, who I looked through her credits, and uh, she was a dancer in Annie, the the Houston 1982 version of Annie. Okay. Um, she would have been pretty young, I think, so she must have been one of the girls in the orphanage. Um, and then she was also on one episode of Doogie Howser, MD, which incidentally is a show I've watched all of. Of course. Um, unfortunately, she died in 2015. Uh, she had an accidental drug overdose that resulted in respiratory failure. Jeez. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Well, yeah. But so her character in Her this character movie... is just okay so i actually we're, well i think we'll get to this once we do some analysis of this movie mm-hmm. but i counted the amount of lines she has in this movie oh i wrote them all down uh-huh. and it is it's a doozy for how few lines she has in this movie it's she has like four or five lines mm-hmm. and she's somehow we're expected to believe that she's like the, i mean th- there's no real reason that we're like invested in him being yeah invested in her because she's not a character yeah. She has no personality whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Um, but then that's when we first see her is when um, She's third watching while yeah, Ethan Hawke is being bullied. Bullied by Jackson. Mm-hmm. And the third kid saves him. And then they become sort of friends. Mm-hmm. And they go to River Phoenix's house. And... Um, he shows him the drawing he has that he made based on his dream. Mm-hmm. And then he does some science into his computer. Uh-huh. And that's when they create this bubble. And it shoots around the lab. Goofy hijinks ensue. Which reminded me of Flubber. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Robin Williams. I have, but I don't... I think it made me nervous. Yeah. So I don't right. think I watched it too much. But there's it's this very similar scene where there's like a green ball that's like bouncing around a lab, and that's Flubber. But Flubber yeah. is like a has a person like a character like Flubber is, whereas this is just like a science ball mm-hmm. sphere. Yeah. Yeah, very scientific. Oh, one uh one notable supporting actor is Wolfgang's father, is played by James Cromwell, who I recognized from american horror story asylum he played the creepy nazi doctor oh but he's uh not german but seems to have a penchant for playing german characters to well he didn't sound i mean he sounded like it was a german accent but it was like this is not like yeah the most authentic authentico german accent Mm -hmm. i've ever heard yeah wolfgang's family is really interesting the the parents seem kind of kooky out there and they like let him have this whole basement laboratory even though he's like 13 or whatever yeah and the siblings there are a bunch of kids in this house and they're all doing weird stuff all the time yes they're all weird yeah and there's a lot of them there's a lot of them what a mess um yeah they were fun i like the family not people i would want to spend time with but no probably not but they're they're cool Mm -hmm. sciencey uh and then so they go outside they make this bubble Mm-hmm. And then River Phoenix, Wolfgang, mm-hmm. gets trapped in the bubble. Right. And yeah. then they send him, they accidentally send him through Earth. 
And that's, okay, that's when I started noticing there's a lot of pop culture references in this movie. Oh, yeah. They referenced, like, Journey to the Center of the Earth right. or whatever, like, when he's going through through the bubble, and then they eventually bring him back. And then there's a lot of those. There's a lot, a lot of, like, specific sci-fi references that they make mm-hmm. in this movie. A lot of them that I don't, I'm not that familiar with, but they do make a lot of them. And do then, you have any other examples? Um, there's, well, at the end of the movie, they have the scenes with the all the sci-fi movies that they're playing, like um, The Day They Are Stood Still and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ones too, but I don't really remember specific names. But they do they do have quite a few of them. I might have some more written down. Um, yeah, music references, stuff like that. Also, there's... Eh, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so then what they decide to use this bubble technology for mm-hmm. initially is for Ethan Hawke to spy on Laurie. Yeah. Yeah. Very of its time, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, and I... The things that he observed her doing in there were so... Just, I don't know. I... I, the, The way he says, she's eating a Boston cream pie. Yeah. It's... It's... was just really... Dumb. Weird. It's dumb. And then he falls, he's like, oh, she's going to notice. And then unplugs it, and then he falls. Mm-hmm. At a height that would have probably seriously injured him. Yeah. But he fell into the bushes, so maybe, it, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's, you know, whatever. Caught his fall. Yeah. So he's fine. And then they go to the junkyard. Mm-hmm. They decide to turn this bubble into a space pod. I have so many issues with this space pod. Okay, go on. List them off. Okay, so my biggest concern is oxygen. Yeah, if, but he says that it's airtight. Yes, it's airtight, but we've seen before that, well, they just learned how to use this technology like yesterday. Yeah. So if something were to go wrong and they go up into space and the bubble malfunctions mm-hmm. and and evaporates then they're just gonna die immediately yeah because they do have like a small amount of oxygen and they do use oxygen masks when they go up very high but he says they don't have a lot of oxygen right and even then if they were just exposed to space they would they would still die yeah but they're they're, you know crazy kids and they're doing crazy stuff crazy kids doing crazy stuff yes Um, so they but they build a pod out of they find like a carnival car thing that's part mm -hmm. of a carnival ride and they set it up so that they uh, add all these things to it so that it becomes a space pod and the funny thing about that is that once it becomes a space pod the bubble goes away you don't see the bubble anymore it's just Mm -hmm. a pod i don't know if you noticed that but in the beginning there's like the you can see a blue sphere floating around yeah once they put it in the pod you don't see a blue sphere anymore. Interesting. Which is not consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you are. Uh, they do have the ability to control whether or not you see it. Oh. Uh, they go okay. into. They get into that at the beginning when they're messing around with it. Um, Ethan Hawke just kind of waves his arms around because he's trying to figure out where it is because he can't see it. And so then Wolfgang's like, wait, I can fix that. And mm. he makes it so right, that right, it's right, visible. Right. He sciences it, yeah. He sciences right. it. And so while they're building this pod, they're going to class and not doing very well in class because they're staying up all night to build this pod. Mm-hmm. The professor 
not professor, teacher, asks Ethan Hawke about carbon dioxide. And he's like, he freaks out. It's like, that's what they breathe on Mars. And everyone's like laughing at him like he's a nerd. And uh, yeah, that was, I thought that was a very classic overacting mm-hmm. on Ethan Hawke's part. Yeah. He's just like, that's what they breathe on Mars. Um, yes, this is his first role, though, so I think yes. it could be fun. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. It's There was just like a child-like kind yeah. of actor in a silly movie type situation. Mm-hmm. And then the teachers are handing, you know, we see that their, their grades are slipping. Teachers yeah. are handing them the tests and uh, says, when he, give, when he gives to a good she i don't remember if it was a he or she uh it's a female science teacher but they are in another class where it's a male teacher and he hands back a paper to um one to jaren the third Mm -hmm. kid yeah yeah third kid um and it's a d he has a d on that paper oh okay because he's going around he's going oh this is good not so good Mm -hmm. which is very reminiscent very painful uh poignant memory for me of Mr. Farshad's class in 2011, mm-hmm. 11th grade in high school. Yeah. Uh, in which he would, if you did well on a test, he would give you the paper facing up and say, good job. And if you didn't do well, he would put the test facing down and not say anything. That's right. And I got a lot of face down tests in Mr. Farshad's class. So anytime, like I'm a restaurant, the waiter comes by and hands the receipt face down. Just flashbacks to Mr. Farshad. Wow, you were really traumatized. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's tough. It's, it's, uh, school's important. Think in school, kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was a classic Farshad move. That's what I had to say. I wrote that down in my notes. Classic Farshad move. All right. Shouts to Mr. F. And then we get a uh, Springsteen reference. Yes, when they complete the pod, the construction of the spaceship, they try to come up with a name for it. Mm-hmm. And, and third kid, who we're supposed to believe is the cool one, um, decides to call it Thunder Road. No offense to third kid, I hope he's doing well. Yeah, I, I just didn't think I would. I wouldn't pick him as the, like the cool one. Really? Uh, I would, well, I, mean, I would yeah, pick... Ethan Hawke is kind of he yeah. has that effortless cool though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually, I which is kind of that thing. I don't know. I feel like he seems like one of those kids that in high school everyone didn't think he was very cool, but then uh, because he but he was cool. really the coolest as an adult, he would really thrive. Well, he talks about that yes. in an interview, which mm-hmm. we'll get to when he talks about this movie. Um and then they fly they crash into the drive-in. Mm-hmm. There's that silly scene where there's they're in front of the the movie yeah or whatever the screen at the star killer is what it was called mm-hmm. star killer i thought it was really funny that wolfgang was commenting on the bad science in the in the movie but this movie is to- the science in this movie is completely ridiculous um in the wolfgang says explosions in space impossible right when they're watching the the drive-in movie yeah true everything in this movie is impossible <laughs> that's true but they had computers in it, so... It's true. It's 1985. Yeah. You can't argue with that. Uh, and then the helicopter chases them. The police helicopter. Yes. And there's the other character, the police officer, who also had dreams. 
Yeah, at first when he said that, I thought maybe it was going to be a weird looper situation where he was older Ethan Hawke, and so we were in an endless cycle of time travel and aliens. I was so sure of it for a while. God. And the next... Okay, can I just send commendations and compliments and my respects to the journalists at this small town newspaper because the next day yeah right after they have their like flight it's in the papers yeah they're working at that newspaper yeah they're doing work they're getting their they're getting their hours in which good good for them mad respect yeah Ooh, can we go back to the helicopter cop yeah so the character's name is charlie drake and the actor is dick miller and dick miller was actually in a deleted scene from pulp fiction interesting that was his most notable credit, I think. Wow. No, that's not true. He worked a lot for a long time, but it was the only thing that really stood out to me because I'm a child. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, um, another notable supporting actor while we're on this. Uh, Ethan Hawke's mother is played by Mary Kay Place, who I know most importantly from the big chill which is a favorite movie of mine mm-hmm. in that movie she just wants to have a baby by herself so she propositions all of her male friends including a uh, handsome young jeff goldblum mm-hmm. not to be confused with handsome old jeff goldblum yes very different um yeah i saw her and i was like that's such a classic 80s mom like that's exactly yeah. what you expect an 80s mom to look like she's wearing like a sweatshirt and jeans and she's got the tussled hair and she's like Time to go to sleep, or I don't remember what she says, but mm-hmm. she's very, very 80s mom. Um, and then they share a dream. Three kids share a dream, and they draw mm-hmm. a diagram based on it. Yes. And then they use that diagram to figure out what they're going to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Can I share another problem I have with their spaceship bubble situation? Yes. And it's just a question I have, really, in addition to it being a problem I have. Mm-hmm. He's using a 9-volt, just one single 9-volt battery to power the computer. Yeah. That's powering the bubble. Mm-hmm. This is a computer that should not really be portable. Right, yeah, that's. I thought about that, too. And, and he shows the battery that he's using. It's just a tiny little 9-volt battery. Yeah, that's true. And that's going to get them all the way through space. Yeah. To wherever they're going in space. Yeah. I just really struggle with that. That's true. It's a good... We'll have a resident electrician to... I know, yeah. We need to have, like, a scientist come do a guest lecture on the <laughs> possibility of explorers. Right. None of it. Um, <laughs> the cop finds the ship. Mm-hmm. Confronts Ethan Hawke. Kind of intense way. Because he's just, like, wearing plain clothes. And he's like... You have a spaceship, don't you? And he's like, Jonah. And then he runs. And then they get to the spaceship. They're like, we gotta go. The cop's finding us. And then they go into space. And the cop's like, nice going, kid. Yeah, I was really confused by the character in that moment. Like, I didn't really understand his motivation. Because I think mostly he just wanted to know about space and the aliens and the dream that's, that he had as a child mm-hmm. but i didn't understand why he was like grabbing ethan hawk and then when and then he quickly changed from being so intense and angry to being like good going kid 
Yeah, true. I, I was confused by that character. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, well, they go to space. Mm-hmm. And then they end up on a spaceship. Yeah, and Wolfgang is getting a little worried, and I think Third Kid is too. Uh, he's expressing some amount of concern. And then Ethan Hawke says, Come on, guys, you'll see, it'll be great. The greatest thing ever about living in space. That's what he says about living in space. Yeah. Well, he wants to he, go to space. His blind optimism is... He asked for his mom's blessing, and she gave it to him. That's true. I was amazed that she didn't think that maybe there was something going on when he was being suspicious and suddenly asking big questions about life maybe he's a kid yeah you know kids do that kids are like always doing weird stuff and yeah asking weird questions because they're weird she probably just thought like oh my kid's being weird (laughs) i'll go sleep now um what did you think of the alien ship the alien ship was interesting. It's kind of cool. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I thought it was cool. It had a lot of parts to it. Yes. They were like climbing around and it was like a it was like a sewage system mm-hmm. but that was space looking. I like it a lot when kids on adventures and movies fall down a long slide and they go ah. Yeah, 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 know, classic, classic. On their classic. way down the slide together. Kind of remind me of Labyrinth. I guess maybe because we yeah. had recently seen it, but it did. it did kind of remind me. Because there's, like, hidden doors that pull you and, like, these sort of goofy bits. There's mm-hmm. the alien spider that inspects them. Yeah, well, that made me think of another movie we recently watched, um, Minority Report. Oh, yeah, but that was a big spider. Yeah, it's just big versions the, the of those little The mother spider, spiders. the little yeah. spider, yeah. yeah. Comes in and... and inspects them and it's like oh these kids are weird looking and it finds the picture again again he's creepy you know he's like he's probably old enough to know that it's a little weird to like be spying on a girl uh-huh. and carry her picture in your i guess in the 80s you couldn't lark on instagram so you just have yeah, to print these to... things out and carry yeah. them with you which well fine. in but he has in a picture school, of her in his back pocket back before there were digital copies of photos like that um, of yearbook photos, you would buy a whole big sheet of, like, little ones, like, little wallet-sized ones so that you can, like, tear them off and hand them out to your friends. So I think if he had that photo, which I think looked like one of those small yearbook photos, oh, that she, she probably gave it, gave it to him. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So. True. Good point. Um, my other favorite thing about that scene is... With the spider? With the, yeah, with the big robot spider thing, um, is that what, after he's like accosted by the robot spider um the first thing he does is he checks to make sure his hair is still okay (laughs) and his hair is great in this movie it's it's perfect and i love it nice oh he references forbidden planet that's another pop culture reference reference. nice i didn't really pay much attention to his hair but yes i guess it it, it did look nice and then we come across the first real alien we see which is this green thing Pretty, pretty mm-hmm. gross looking. Yeah. Gotta say. Yeah, they're kind slimy. Nasty, slimy, big old aliens. Um, and then he says, we come in peace. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to say this. You come in peace. It's like, what a nerd. Um, yeah, he just loves the movies. 
Okay, and then this is where it gets really weird. Yeah. Is when he's with the, when, um... Wolfgang? Yeah, he's with the lady alien. Uh-huh. That's creepy. Yeah, that was they're, like, so weird. flirting. They're flirting, yeah. It's, like, really... And she's, like, has, like, the eyelashes or whatever. Mm-hmm. It signifies that she's a lady alien. Which is just ridiculous. Um, and then I was just like, who is this movie for? That's When I saw that, I was like, who is, who is supposed to watch this movie and enjoy yeah. this? I don't understand that. Because if you're a kid and you see that, I don't think that's... Like, what, what are you... Are you going to enjoy it? Like, are you going to laugh at that? Or... I, I just don't know. I didn't really... I don't know. And if you're an adult, like me, you'd be like, that's weird. I was weirded out by it. I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. The second they got on this... Well, yeah. The second they encountered an alien, that's where this movie kind of lost me. Right. I, I like the spaceship, though. I thought the spaceship itself was cool. And I thought a lot yeah. of, like, some of the visual stuff was pretty cool. Like, the the computer flying dream board that they have. Mm-hmm. The, the shapes and designs or the tron whatever and then the aliens do you know by the way do you know who plays the male alien do you have that up i can look it up because it sounded familiar to me and we learned that aliens just love earth tv and they're always watching earth tv and um i believe it. it is robert picardo hmm. um he was in star trek uh Hmm. Um, and a bunch of other things. He act, he works a lot. Mm, okay. So it's possible that I've heard him somewhere. He could have. He was on Stargate and Stargate Atlantis. He does a lot of sci-fi. He was kind of in that sci-fi fantasy Comic-Con genre world. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they just watch a lot of TV. And they quote it. And they play rock music. And that's mm-hmm. what they like. Yeah. And then the alien is like, your people just like to blow stuff up. It's like... That's true. Yeah, he's not wrong. He's not but wrong. Ethan Hawke insists. He says, this is just the movies. This isn't the way things really are. Don't you know that? Yeah. He's, he's just naive. such a sweet, optimistic boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the parent alien comes in the bigger ship and picks them up. Mm-hmm. And that ship, to me, reminded me of alien aliens like the 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 yeah geiger paint my head the uh geiger um drawings i don't know if you've ever seen any of those mm-hmm. but like hr geiger he did like the designs for alien and aliens and all those movies the entire like world is based on his drawings and stuff mm-hmm. and the ship itself reminded me specifically of his drawings i don't know why mm-hmm. but they're they're like really amazing they're like really disturbing they're even more disturbing than the movies mm-hmm like, because he really takes the whole face hugger thing to a d- disturbing detail, but like, but the the art is like very impressive, you know, and that's what it kind of reminded me of. I don't know if there was any conscious reference there, but that it looked a lot like to me, like something that Geiger would do. Um, and it's their it's their dad, bringing it all yeah. back to the dads thing. There was sort of a theme about dads. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about third kid. Um, third kid. Yeah. Yeah, he it's a difficult relationship. Has a complicated home home life. Yeah. Uh, he lives with his dad and his dad's girlfriend, and he always he says his that his dad's girlfriend is okay, but the dad does not seem to be a great. Yes, great and the dude. kid He's, immediately realizes that the alien, there's a big old alien that comes on the ship, mm-hmm. and the other aliens that they're with, which are about slightly larger than human sized, mm-hmm. are freaking out. 
And the kid, third kid, realized that it's her father. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of depressing. Yeah. He recognizes a the type of fear that is instilled because of his own situation. Yeah. yeah. One moment I did really like with third kid, I'm going to call him Darren, because he was a... <laughs> He had this was a good moment for him as yes. part of the movie. Yes. Um he takes his headphones and uh tape player off and he hands it he puts the headphones on the ears of the male alien and uh he says it's 80s music. It's good. And I think that that was that was sweet cuz clearly it's the way that like he deals with his his life and mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. his troubles, so he was giving it to the alien, and I thought that was very sweet of him. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. Yeah. The worst, probably the worst thing that happens in this movie is when Ethan Hawke shows the picture of the girl to the alien. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, no, I think I must have blacked out during of this part. the girl to the alien, and the alien responds, I think he says something along the lines of hubba hubba, and says, I shit you not, um... He says he would like to get his cups on her. Ew. Yeah. It's gross. I don't like that. Yeah, no. And she's underage, too. Yeah. That's the thing that makes it creepier. All the stuff in this movie about the girl is like, they're just super creepy to her. Mm-hmm. It's just, just not, not, not the strongest gender politics I've seen in a movie. Yeah. Um, so that's there. That's something to talk about in therapy, as they say. So then when they go back to Earth from the spaceship, uh, one thing that I really loved was they're pretty close to Earth, but they're not quite where they're supposed to be yet. They're not quite back home. And so Wolfgang is reading the computer, and he says, fields off. And then uh, one of the other boys says, well, then what's holding us up? And then there's a beat, and then they, they start screaming, and then, and then the ship collapses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was, it was a really good comedic moment. That's true, yeah. And then they reference how the aliens have probably been grounded for three million years. Because <laughs> the, the aliens are kids. That's yeah. the other thing. Is the aliens are kids. Yeah. They find that out when they see the dad alien. Um, and that's when he says they've probably been grounded for three million years. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then they do more space stuff. And then somehow the girl gets... Yeah, Lori starts dream sharing with them too. And I don't understand how that... That was... I think that was related to that weird... I think the... One of the aliens gives Ethan Hawke this large gem thing that has a green design on it. And he says to him, this is the stuff dreams are made of. And... Then somehow Lori starts dream sharing with them, and I, I just don't know what's happening. Yeah, in the movie and then anymore. they're flying together, and that's basically how it ends. Yeah, and they're flying, and it's a it's a total Peter Pan homage because they're flying through the sky, and she's wearing a nightgown, very Wendy Darling like. Oh yeah, yeah. See, there definitely are a lot of references in this movie. Yeah. Okay, so I've I went back and I counted the lines that she has in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the part where he talks about carbon dioxide on Mars when he's asked about, mm-hmm. he turns, he looks at her and she looks at him and she mouths, she doesn't say it, but she mm-hmm. mouths the word what. Okay. So that's her first line of the mm-hmm. movie. Not even out loud. 
No, not even out loud. Yeah, she just mouths yeah. the word what. And then the next line she has, these next three lines are all together. It's when he's spying on her. Again, very creepy. Um, and she's she's on the phone and she mm-hmm. says, oh, are you serious? That's what she says on the phone. And then he falls. And then she looks out the window and says, who is that? Is that you, Ben? And then he responds that it is something about a cat. He thought there was a cat. His response is that he thought there was a cat stuck in the tree. So he went mm-hmm. to climb up. Stupid. And then she says, What are you doing down there? In like a sort of playful way. And then she has one more line, I think, at the end of the movie. But it's not, it's like sort of voiceovered. So, so I'm not actually sure if it's even her. But she says, If this is all a dream, then what happens when we wake up? Mm-hmm. That's it. Those are all of her lines in this movie. So she got put through a lot. Mm-hmm. by aliens by ethan hawk for her to not have any lines yeah i think we can safely say that this film does not pass the bechdel test i think it even passed the turing test it's a turing test it's a test to see if computers are real people or whatever oh that was a joke i, I don't know it's, it's just sounded better in my head what do you think was the most ethan hawk line that okay. Ethan Hawke had in this film. Alright, I wrote this down somewhere. Okay, one of okay, I think one of them that's pretty pretty feels pretty Ethan Hawke to me. Mm-hmm. Is he says There's always a reason when you dream. <laughs> that's what I went with. Nice. Yeah. Mine was also about dreams. He says, It feels like a dream, doesn't it? I mean it's all so perfect. Yeah, I wrote that down too. That was the other one I was I was thinking of choosing. Yeah. So we both we both had similar yeah ideas of what the most Ethanog line in this movie is. I'm sure that there's there's that exact quote appears in one of the before movies. <laughs> 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 Almost definitely. Yeah. Uh, which is gonna be fun when we get to that. Um, and I think it's uh, I mean. Just talking about what we mean by the most Ethan Hawke line. Our impression of Ethan Hawke is definitely, it has been formed by the Ethan Hawke movies we've already seen. Yes. And so you and I have both seen all of the before movies. Yeah. And additionally, I've seen Gattaca, Snow Falling on Cedars, mm-hmm. Daybreakers, and another one that's like, oh, Predestination. <laughs> So, and I think that, like, his, to me, what I mean by the most Ethan Hawke, I think a lot of his characters are united by some kind of, like, strong optimism or yeah. idealism. But I also think that, I also think that's somewhat informed by my, it's, for me, it's somewhat informed by my impression of him, himself. Yes. Like, what, how he is as a person, mm-hmm. based on like interviews i've seen and stuff like that the yeah. way just the way he talks about things and there is sort of this like optimistic mm-hmm. sort of slightly pretentious streak to the things that he says yeah so and i think that that's kind of that's what that that's my impression like oh every there's always a reason when you dream like that's something that i feel like Ethan Hawke might actually say yeah um and yeah. i think as we as we keep watching more and more of his movies i think that it could we'll, change our our vision of of Ethan Hawke might evolve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, he's yeah. made seventy some movies. Seventy seven right 77 now. Seventy seven movies. So, Three oh, that includes out. the Alias episode. So. Oh, okay. All right. 
So seventy six movies and some other credits. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think so too. That's what I was thinking is that we're gonna watch more of his movies, and our idea of what makes a very Ethan Hawke line is gonna change because that's the thing that that's what I think what's one of the more interesting things about his career is that it is pretty diverse. Like he's made kind of a lot of different kinds of movies. Yeah. And I, I actually did not realize until watching this movie that he had been acting so young. I didn't realize he was a child actor. I thought I assumed he got his start like when he was an adult or something. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize he started acting when he was 14 or so. Well, should we... This seems like a good point to cut to a clip. Do we want to hear a little bit of Ethan Hawke talking about his experience with Explorers? Yeah, I think that would be great. Anyway, that's the point. The point is I went in and did a few, and one of them, they were doing these big casting calls for Explorers. Joe Dante had just had a tremendous success with Gremlins, and they were letting him kind of make this, it was a really big movie for the mm-hmm. time. And I went in on, on this casting call, and I went on series auditions over and over again. Mm-hmm. And um, I finally got the part, and I think my parents freaked out when I got the part. They never thought that was a realistic option of, because it had all these problems, which is I had to go to LA to shoot the movie, and um, you know, my mom didn't want to let me do the movie, mm-hmm. but my stepfather thought that was incredibly unfair to let me audition, but then not let me get it. Because it was in the way of other things? Sure, because yeah. Because didn't like, yeah. Well, how were we supposed to take care of me? Yeah. You, you, you know, it was a very, and that's when you get into the whole cult of, culture of, of child acting which is insidious and kind of dark and dangerous which is you know children making money because the parents end up quitting their job and mm-hmm. living off their kids it's a very dangerous thing for a child's psyche uh, and but so that was my experience after it was over mm-hmm. my parents were like no more <laughs> until you, you know that was it so huh. I had this experience and funnily enough it became, I think, a really defining experience for me, Explorers, because of its. It was a massive failure uh, at the time. It, you know, it it came out. It was supposed to be this big hit. They spent a lot of money on it, and it really. I don't yeah. think it got one good review, and nobody went to see it. And it has a cult, but it does. It does now. Yeah. Now there's certain people well, that even then it. there were a few people, but it was yeah. Well, the, Joe has a cult, so. To me, in the inside of it. Yeah. It felt like I had let everyone down. Mm. It, w- it was this powerful, um, disappointing experience because I had been all hyped up and hepped up to believe that it was going to be the next ET, and mm. you know it was going to have a. Fr- you know, I don't know what I thought, but I thought it was going to be important, and it was, you know, dismissed. And there could have been no better profession for. I mean, no better. Um, uh, teaching for a young person for a life in the arts than that. I mean, I kind of feel like if I survived that, I had a good, uh, it gave me the tools I needed to ultimately survive Dead Poets Society, you know? So was the, was the work you did in that, did it feel like work? Did it feel like you had a method or a particular skill, no, or were you just playing? I to play. You know, now that I'm in my 40s, I, I have to work hard to cultivate, it's much more difficult now because you have to cultivate a sense of play. You have to pretend you're not inhibited. You have to pretend you don't realize that some people think you're a moron. You know, when you're younger, you just think everybody, oh, they're going to love this. Mm. Look at me in this shirt. 
or not, you know, I mean, it's, I felt the same way about writing when I was young. I was like, look at this. I wrote this. Isn't it great? Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's a kind of guilelessness or an earnestness that um, can be very irritating to other people. But when you're young, it, it's a kind of wonderful quality to have, really, because it gives you confidence in it. Um, but so Explorers is kind of devastating. Mm -hmm. But when I graduated high school, I, there was, I went to college, but they were doing another giant sweeping casting call, and I ended up. So were you just a kid in high school who did Explorers, and that was part of your? I was a kid in high school who very mysteriously uh, seemed, if you, some of the girls in school were interested in me because they heard rumors that I might have known River Phoenix. That was my, and in fact, the movie became more embarrassing than anything else. Like, I'd done this movie, but, you know, the boys in the football team made fun of me about it. Like, cause it was obviously, to them, a bad film. Uh, I, I, obviously, I, I say all this fully wanting to also say that I had an amazing experience with Joe Dante, and I personally love the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a cool movie. I still do. But at that, that period of time, 14 to 18, was... It was a punch in the nose right off the right out of the gate. And then you also at that period without working, without doing anything else. Right had a after. long time to think about it. Yeah. Four years when you're fourteen is a long time. A long too. time. <laughs> yeah. So that was Ethan Hawke talking about his experience doing Explorers and what it was like for him to be a teenager after that. Yeah. Which is interesting. I I you know, I hadn't really thought that much about it, but the the idea that like parents would quit their jobs mm -hmm. and I mean that's pretty that's pretty messed up like if you think about it that a kid yeah. is going to be making money and then the parent I mean it's just, it's I mean I can't I like he was saying like to think about what that would do to a kid's psyche like I don't yeah. know what that would do to me if I was thinking like I'm the one that's bringing in money for my house but I'm not setting the like it's like an ego trip but somehow also you're getting put down because you're making money but you don't get to make any decisions about what to do with the money probably mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that is pretty weird to think about. Yeah. But I guess I mean, so, but some people keep it in check. Like some people are like, start off as they're actors since they're kids, and then they manage to turn out fine, mm -hmm. which is good. I yeah. guess it comes down to probably a number of factors: yeah. their ability to cope with it. And... It's definitely a hard way to start out life, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just I think just I I think quite a bit about just the, just the ramifications of fame, especially now when we have. Like social media, like mm -hmm. everyone's sort of connected. I I don't. I was watching this video. Someone was talking about this, about how before they were talking about, oh, you know who? I think it was um uh uh, uh what's her from the Good Place, the Jimmy yeah, yeah yeah yeah. She was talking about how, when she started, she she had like issues with um, she was like anorexic and and mm -hmm. she was like eating issues and stuff like that. And it came from the fact that she was, like, modeling at the time. And she was saying that now you have that same thing, except it happens to everyone because everyone's on social media and everyone's influenced by that in the same ways. Like, where before it would just be celebrities totally. or models and things like that. And now it's like, and people in your school as well. But now it's like anyone can have that, that platform and anyone can see compared to other people. And, yeah, it's kind of mm -hmm. crazy. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think this goes back to kind of how we were talking about our impression of Ethan Hawke. Um, but the fact that he 
referred to uh, this movie. Uh, I mean, it was, like, financially a failure. He, he called it a massive failure, but also, like, credited that experience to his his like later success success or like emotional success yeah yeah um i i feel like that really feeds into my idea of ethan hawk the fact that he would he would spin it in that positive light yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah and i think he also talks about maybe in another one of the clips that we have he also talks about how he was sort of made fun of for being oh no that was in this one that was in okay yeah. yeah he was made fun of for being in this in this movie and then yeah, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Should we do another clip? Sure, yeah. yeah. You uh, you broke your foot, if I'm not incorrect. Okay. Well, River broke my foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I did. I broke my foot on the, the production. We, um, we stole River's dad's motorcycle, and I crashed it. <laughs> and um, and uh, But it was really important to River that nobody find out that we were riding the motorcycle, which was really hard to do because my foot hurt a lot. So he kind of put me in the garage. I was supposed to have a sleepover at his house, you know, and he had made me stay in the garage. And then finally I was like, man, I think my foot really hurts. Like, I think I need to see a doctor or something. And then we got in so much trouble and they had to stop shooting. It was, it was a le- learning lesson. That was just a fun little story. Yeah. So they're they're like the kids that they are in the mm-hmm. in the movie troublemakers, stealing stuff and doing crazy hijinks. Mm-hmm. Which sounds about right. Yeah, it's a it's amazing that they got their start together, and then uh, River Phoenix kept acting like he didn't have that same four or five year break that mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. had. He kept acting. He was in this movie called. Running on Empty, that was pretty good, and some other stuff, and then, you know, had a kind of notable career. Right. Um, but going back to what Ethan Hawke was talking about in that first clip, about the difficulty of being a child actor. Yeah. Uh, River Phoenix overdosed and didn't, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. have that same success. Yeah. But, Long-term yeah. balance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I don't know that much about him or his career, but I know that people people really love him and yeah. admire him. But I haven't really seen. I don't. I'm not that familiar with many of his movies. You should check out um, my own private Idaho. I think that's oh, my okay. favorite. All right. Yeah, I have heard of that movie, but I haven't seen it. It's kind of it's kind of a hard movie to get into because they use the old Shakespeare language, but um, but it's in a modern setting. Mm-hmm. And I think River Phoenix is narcoleptic in that movie. It's really a strange film but interesting memorable yeah i know that ethan hawk also is in a later on we'll get to this he's also in a shakespeare adaptation i think mm-hmm. hamlet mm-hmm. it's like modern set or whatever yeah and he's in a blockbuster i think oh uh, yeah yeah yeah, I think so. yeah yeah he talked about that when he was introduced i don't know <laughs> we'll get to it we'll get to it We've, we have a ways to go before we before we get to to that yeah. So, what are should we should we talk about our overall impressions of this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing ratings? Ratings? Yeah. Do we want to rate these movies, or do we just want to 
gab about them or i think let's just let's just give our impressions and then we can compare them a little bit later on when we have some more movies to Mm -hmm. discuss but i I don't know if we want to rate them necessarily unless you want to i mean we could do that um i think ratings are hard to do yeah because there are so many factors yeah um so yeah i mean i think this could just be an ongoing conversation of uh comparing Ethan Hawke movies and specifically Ethan Hawke performances once we have something to compare to. Yes. This movie is special. (laughs) Um, I was, I, I think it's fun to see a young Ethan Hawke because you could see so many of those, um, like habits or like, yeah, speech patterns, speech patterns. Yeah. yeah. It's, because I, I was like I was like he's 15 14 whatever he's so Ethan Hawke yeah <laughs> like he's just like he's very identifiable immediately mm-hmm. it's just like even without his face like just his voice like it's higher pitch but the way he talks is the same it's basically the same as the way he talks now yeah yeah his hair was great <laughs> um but the story was really convoluted i think unfortunately mm-hmm. and hard to follow and the science was not easy to understand yeah or realistic i think i mean not that this in a sci-fi movie science has to be realistic but if you're not if it's not going to be realistic you at least have to create some amount of rules mm-hmm. uh, that the audience can follow and i felt that i didn't have a grasp on the, the rules in this world mm-hmm yeah. I didn't really have a problem with that because I thought it was just kind of like it's just imaginative. It's sort of they're just kind of doing you know you just kind of it's like none of this. Re- I don't feel like it's not supposed to feel very real. You know you just kind of it's like a dream. You know? I like but it's really order and boundaries of my children's films. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, uh, this movie's kind of a mess. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Bit of a mess. The stuff you know the stuff with like with Laurie like just really just put me off just yeah creepy and weird and you know not the best apparently the the d- director said that this is not the movie that he sort of expected to make or this is not mm. the movie that like when it was on the screen it's not really what he was it was incomplete is what he said that's mm-hmm. according to wikipedia he said that it was he, he wasn't quite done with it um and they were sort of rushed to finish it and... right because the production company switched like halfway through mm-hmm. the making of the movie so while they were taking a little more time when they started uh, when the production company switched they started being rushed so i think that affected a lot of the um the story and also the production value probably yeah 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 so yeah i mean it's a bit of it's a bit of a bit of a mess mm-hmm. but I mean, there's some there are things to I mean there are things to like about it like first off the trio I think is they're like endearing and they're fun to watch mm-hmm. and yeah. they have good chemistry together they did have good chemistry the three uh, the, and it's like they're well balanced characters like they're each different they each have their own characteristics they each you know it's like you sort of like oh you know he's kind of nerdy and he's kind of also nerdy and he's kind of <laughs> cooler you know but it, like it was developed it felt developed it felt like these characters were like you know, real kids, and, and that I appreciated. And I thought the performances were pretty good, including the part where he was like, uh, we breathe carbon dioxide on Mars. So, I mean, I th- it was it was fine. It was just kind of like a lot of it was pretty dated. 
um, and some of the stuff was a little bit of a mess, but some of it was, I thought some of the visual stuff was cool, like the computer or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and the spaceship I thought was kind of interesting, like, especially, I mean, I, I could see, like, if you're a kid and you're looking at that, like, oh, that's kind of interesting looking, and the spider thing, just, I thought there were some cool visuals, some interesting visuals, and it didn't feel like it was just riffing off of something else, like, it felt like this is, oh, this is, like, an interesting looking place, the spaceship, I mean. Mm-hmm. Like they did something original with it, I feel like. Which is cool. Um, so, yeah. This is okay. It's not not, not great, mm-hmm. but it's alright. It's fun, entertaining. Yeah. I could have used some more um, Mary Kay Place, mm. personally. Like, I feel like there is some kind of scene missing with Ethan Hawke and Mary Kay Place. Um... I don't know, I just, I, and I know that scene where he's writing his will, and then he talks about being an astronaut. Yeah. Like, that's a tangible scene for the two of them, but I feel like there needs, there should have been at least one more, more scene that was a little bit more substantial. Because we them. spend so much time with, with River Phoenix's parents in this yeah. movie. They get a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Comparatively, I mean, comparatively to any of the other characters. It's just the basic, because it's basically just the three of them. Yeah. And the parents get some time. And Lori. And Laurie gets four or five lines yeah. of very deep emotional dialogue. Um, that's my hashtag. Hashtag Laurie was robbed. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. Hashtag justice for Laurie. Hashtag justice for Laurie. Exactly. That's the... Laurie is spelled L-O-R-I. That's the in tag. In case you were wondering, because I didn't know that until I read it on Wikipedia. It's the tag of this podcast. Justice for Lori. Yeah, hashtag Justice for Lori. Yeah, you can follow us at Justice for Lori at Instagram. That's not true. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're, we'll, we'll do our plugs later. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's, I think that's kind of covers, covers it. Mm-hmm. This movie. Um, oh, uh, just one last note that I forgot to mention earlier. There's this scene where Ethan Hawke goes to lie on the, the roof of his house Right. And he looks up at he's looking up at this at space at the universe, um, and the score. The score is playing and this harmonica starts to play, but then it cuts to Ethan Hawke and you see him playing a harmonica, and I just thought that was a really fun uh, combination of diegetic. Mu- yes, and diegetic and non-diegetic music. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yep. I think that's really my last... Uh, last thought? Last thought. All right. Oh, did you have uh, something to share? Yeah. It's time for Hawk Facts. <coughs> this is the part of the show where I share a fact about Hawks. Hawks. The bird. Hawk the bird, not Hawk the Ethan. No, Hawk the Ethan. Because w- when you pitch the show, you're like, oh, let's do a show called Hawkeyes. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll do some research about Hawks, and that's what the show's going to be about. And then I found out it was a show about Ethan Hawk, and then I have all these Hawk facts compiled, and I have to put them somewhere, so they're going into the show. Um, the first Hawk fact for Hawkeyes is going to be about Hawkeyes. Hawks have, as per Wikipedia, so, you know, check your whatever. Hawks have four types of color receptors in the eye and can perceive both the visible and the ultraviolet spectrum. Hmm. Which is cool. What a hawk fact. 
They have very intense vision. Yeah. Not as intense as eagles, though. But pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't see... Yeah, perhaps that. Obviously. Because <laughs> I'm a human. Because you're not a hawk. Great. Great. It's going great. Well, I think that about does it for this first episode of Hawkeyes. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who joined us for this Thanks, Mom. experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks also to my mom, who I have burned this onto a CD for, <laughs> so that she can listen to this. Because I don't think she would be able to get to SoundCloud. Maybe I should, maybe I should burn one for my dad, because he also probably can't. He's True. Or wherever podcasts are available. Yes, CDs. Go go to your local record shop. Find this podcast on a CD. Yeah, go to Tower Records. Just, you go got to a Tower, Tower Records, Records by you? Yes, go to Tower. Go to Fye. Uh, find our. We're in the 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 audio commentary musical slash mm-hmm. audio book section. Yeah. You can find all of our episodes at Fye. That's the. Oh, we have an exclusive deal here mm-hmm. at Hot Guys with Fye. And also Tower Records. FYE and Tower Records, those are our plugs. The only places, the sponsors, the only places you can find episodes of this podcast. You can't find it online. No. You can't find it on Spotify. You listen you can't to find this it online, on Apple Music. you're uh, Yeah, you're stealing yourself. money from us. You're stealing oh, money from us. Because if you, like, rip it from the internet or whatever and share it with people on, like, you know, a Napster. Piracy is not a victimless crime. Exactly. It's not, we can't even afford clothing. Yeah. I'm not wearing pants right now. And I'm not wearing a shirt. This is how we're recording this podcast. Yeah. And that's what you're doing to us if you're listening to this on the internet. So go to FYE. Go to Tower Records. Please buy all of our <laughs> all of our podcasts on, on CD. Listen to it on your Walkman or your Discman or your car. Also on cassettes. Also on uh, um, vinyl. vinyl. Also on, what do you call those things? Disc laser, laser jets? discs. Laser discs. Laser also jets. On, <laughs> laser jets. Uh, you can print. You can print out uh, the transcript <laughs> the for this podcast yeah. and just read it. Sound yeah. In addition to editing this podcast, I will also be creating a transcript <laughs> for all of you. Yeah. Um, available as a, co- a compiled novel. Yeah, the novelization, well, the novelization of, this of Hawkeyes, a podcast. Yeah. We have to have like the like Highlander type imagery on the cover. Oh yeah, you know, like Ethan Hawke with like, I don't know, with like long flowing hair. With long flowing hair, Fabio. Yeah, Fabio Ethan. Um, yeah, I think that just about does it. What's the next movie we're talking about? Uh, next week we will be talking about the. 1989 film Dead Poets Society. Uh, classic. classic. Have you seen it, Jonathan? Nope, I have not seen it. I have seen it a few times, and I really like it, so I'm excited to talk about it. Cool, yeah. And hear your opinions as well. I'm excited as well. I don't know how... Yeah, well, it'll be fun. Yeah. My name is Harper Thompson, and you can find me on Instagram at harpingabout, or... Nope, yep, that's really all the only place you can find me. Um, Jonathan? My name is Jonathan Zavaleta. You can send me an email. It's the only place I can be reached. And also, I'm loitering at FYE on most days. No, you can find me on Instagram at John Zavaleta. I hate these these plugs, but whatever. we got to do it. And then also, our Hawkeye's Instagram 
for yes, the we have an Instagram account for the podcast. It's called Hawkeyes Pod. Yes. So you can find us there, and you'll get fun uh, stories of us doing Ethan Hawk things, and posts. So every time we do a new episode, we'll post something. Yeah. So fun. That's how social media works, right? You post things. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like an RSS feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, like a subscription to the New Yorker. Oh, and we also have a Facebook page. You can find us at Hawkeye's Podcast on Facebook. Yes. And next week, hopefully, maybe, possibly, we can talk about our encounter with Ethan Hawke. Which we did not get to this episode. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe we should, we should you know, yeah. tell we'll that story. We'll tease that for next week tease so you guys have something yeah. to come back for. Yes, yes. It's a fun experience. Which we will get to that. Um, is there some way that we should go out on this show? Like, should we have a, you know, like on, um, on Potterless, he says, and as they always say in Hogwarts, wizard on. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, I it's can't... pretty funny because he doesn't know anything about Harry Potter at the beginning, so it's, yeah. like, it's a funny. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah. Damn. I wish we thought of that. That's a shout out to Mike Schubert at Potterless. We love you. Come on the show. Yeah, I, I've never listened to your show. I'm sorry. No it's offense. It's great. He has a new show now. I'm just going to plug Mike Schubert. Wow. Um, he has a new show now called Horse, where he just talks about basketball with his friend. Sounds cute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should uh, write an Ethan Hawke song. Yeah. A song about Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Or, Play it on the ukulele. Yeah. Or maybe we can find a song that has Hawke in the name and we could sing it every time. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Tentative ending to this. Show. Or uh, Gilmore guys, they always go out on where you lead. I will follow. We could do that. Yeah. If you're out on the we're gonna couch, do. We're gonna exit with the Gilmore the Girls exit. Yeah, yeah. That makes no sense whatsoever. Oh no. Just had a pillow fall into the mic. Yeah. True. Um. Well, we'll think of something, and we'll I'll add it in. Post. Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Yeah, classic so. well thanks for listening thanks catch for you next listening. time talk uh, to you next week guys next week yes where we will have us just us again just us again we're gonna try to get some guests going yeah we have a whole column on our spreadsheet for guests yes we almost had one today but but it didn't work out it's okay this is our first episode you guys should just get to know us yeah, 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 yeah. we're fun this is us this is us on this NBC. At Jorge Verón. Starring Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah. Of right. Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Guys. If you're out. Jesus. Uh, okay, listen. Room. Listen, this is. There's already a podcast about Gilmore Girls, and it's called Gilmore Guys. I know. And it's on Spotify, and you can go listen to it. But this is not that podcast. We love you, Kevin and Demi. Come on the show. This is the Ethan Hawk podcast. It's right. called Hawk Guys. I'm sorry. Exclusively about Ethan Hawk. Yeah. And his movies from two armchair not experts. We love you, Dax Shepard. Come on the show. <laughs> yeah, da- da- yeah, we'd love it if Dax Shepard came on the show. Maybe he knows Ethan Hawke. Yeah, or maybe he's just a big fan of White Fang from 1991 and wants to come join us in three weeks. I at first I thought you said maybe he's just a big fan of White Fame, <laughs> like famous White people. <laughs> Speaking of White Fame, Uma Thurman, welcome on the show anytime. Yeah, Uma Thurman, we love you. Come on we the can, show. We can unpack some things. 
uh, let's not do that. We're not. We're no, not. We're this not, is not a tabloid. Get into we're not getting into. Life. We're not. No. We're not doing a personal life thing. No, we just want to We're not assholes. We just want to get into the Ethan man, the myth, filmography. The legend, but only his career, Ethan Hawke. Only his career and any possible encounters we've had with him. Yeah. Which we're going to try one next week. Yeah. You can keep plugging that because that's fun. Okay, well, this is Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. We have been Jonathan and Harper, and this has been Hawkeyes. See you next week. Screen door slams, Mary's dress waves. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me, and I want you only. Don't turn me home again, I just can't face myself alone again. Don't run back inside, darling. So you're scared and you're thinking that maybe we ain't that young anymore. Show a little faith, there's magic in the night. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're alright. Oh, and that's alright. This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan Zavaleta. It was edited by Harper Thompson and our intro music, Hawk Song. It's written and recorded by Connor Vance.